This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back. This is Encounter with God, 20 Million Movement, right here, where we study the Bible together with 20 million other people around the world. And this week we are in Daniel chapter 6. Must be the sixth week of the year. Is it? Something like that. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sounds legitimate to me. We will call it that regardless whether it is right or not. Anyway, let's have a clue for our quiz. The next clue for the Who Am I quiz is I am the father of Joseph and Benjamin. Okay. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843. That is 1-800-FAITH-FM. You can simply spell it out on your keypad and it will dial the number. So give us a call right now if you know the answer to that question or text us on 0491-064. Six six nine. Okay, so the prize today is the book, The Great Controversy. We had uh, Dr. Sven Erstring here a little earlier talking about um, various really good books that build a case for Christ and for Christianity and religion. And, of course, one of the big questions is the question of evil. Why does evil exist if God is good? And the book, Great Controversy, answers that probably more effectively than any other book that I've ever read. Mm. It's a decent-sized book, but it is easily easy reading, accessible to everybody. I first read, I think I read that book six times before I was 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whew. Absolutely. It's just amazing, mind-blowing. Anyway, uh, Gemma, yes. we've had our quiz. Yes. So we should probably get into our Bible study. Um, let's go to Daniel chapter 5, and let's start in verse 1. Chapter 6? Six? 6. Verse 1? Maybe chapter 6. Why not? Let's, let's try chapter 6. <laughs> Why don't we go to Daniel chapter 6 and try in verse 1? Let's see what the Bible has to say right here. Daniel 6 verse 1. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. He appointed a high of officer to rule over each province. Okay, so we're going to talk about this uh, Darius here. There are a bunch of Dariuses in the Achaemenid dynasty. The Achaemenid dynasty, of course, was the dynasty founded by Cyrus, the Persian. And the first Darius who comes along comes after Cyrus. And so basically what happens is that when Cyrus dies, Mm. um, his son Cambyses II comes to power and he leads a... He's really going to finish off what Cyrus had started. So he's going to take Egypt. So every every major nation of the world has been conquered by Cyrus, except the Egyptians. Hmm. It's kind of the only one left. And so he leads a campaign towards Egypt. He departs drastically from his father's policies. Uh, so the Persian deal kind of disappears under Cambyses, and he participates in a campaign against Egypt that is very Assyrian-like in its, in the way he goes about it. Mm. In other words, it's going to be terror-based. We find out that Cambyses was a bit of a nut job, <laughs> um, to put things politely, and Cambyses kind of just dies suddenly and mysteriously. Hmm. And nobody ever really records why or how. It's 
kind of on his way back from Egypt. He's conquered Egypt. He's conquered uh, Nubia. And it seems that, yeah, he might have got a knife in the back. Ooh. There might have been some of his military leaders who are going to go, this guy is going to lead us to utter destruction. This guy's nuts. Yes. And so there is a uh, another king who comes to power who is an imposter. He turns up and he's like, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm Cambyses' brother. Mm-hmm. Well, Cambyses had killed all his brothers. Because he didn't want to have any rivals to the throne. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very Assyrian in the way that he went about things. And uh, this guy looked the part. And so he managed to hold the throne for a number of months until the Persians were like, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. It's not right. Yeah, nah. And so there was a bit of a coalition. There was these seven guys who got together and booted him out. Mm-hmm. One of those guys. Oh, they, they, they killed him, I should say. One of those guys um, takes the throne and calls himself Darius and says, yes, I'm a blood relative of Cyrus. But we don't really know how he was a blood relative of Cyrus. He, he goes might not to, be. Yeah, and this is the thing. This is the thing. It may not have been. Right. But from this point forward, regardless of whether he's the blood relative of Cyrus or not, it's really his, dis- his dynasty. Yep. This guy takes the name Darius. And that's that's his ruling name, not his birth name. Um, he becomes known as Darius the Great. This is one of the things, amazing things about the Persians, is that they have two kings who qualify for the Great mm. within a number of years of each other. So it's it's very much a David and Solomon scenario here, okay? Where you've got the warrior king who forms the empire, and then the great businessman who arrives and makes it wealthy. Mm-hmm. And Darius the Great is the great businessman who arrives and makes it wealth. He doesn't really particularly expand his kingdom that much. He has a crack at Greece and gets punched on the nose. <laughs> and, of course, when you read about that from a Greek perspective, you know, it's these massive defeats of the Persians. But for the Persians, Greek wasn't, Greece wasn't in Asia. Yeah. This is Europe. Yeah. Um, the Greeks had, you know, influence in Asia. They had large populations in Asia. And so because of that, they came into conflict with the Persians and the Persians were like, yeah, you guys need to be punished a little bit. And um, so they went over there and they came back with a bit of a bloody nose and the Greeks were like, yeah, we conquered the Persians. <laughs> but really what they did was they conquered a small detachment of Persians who went to Greece. <laughs> and you've got, you know, some famous battles there and the Greeks just, they did absolutely smack the Persians. Um, but, you know, you read the, the Persian account of the Battle of Thermopylae. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we went to Persia and the king of Sparta stood up against us and we killed the king of Sparta and we conquered him. And, you know, it was just a, a, just a Persian victory. It all depends on who is writing Whose the history. Perspective, yeah. When Herodotus writes the history of it, of course, you know, the king of Sparta made his famous stand with 300 men and held the Greeks back, held the Persians back for three days. And, you know, these, they were kind of invincible. And the, even the, the, the Persian elite or the Persian immortals, as they were called, which are the Persian ver- version of Spartans, were getting smashed by these Spartans. And, you know, it all depends on whose side of the story you read. <laughs> but Darius, yeah, he never really extended the empire that much, but he certainly made it wealthy. He was... The CEO. Nice. Uh, Cyrus was the warrior and the statesman. Darius was the CEO. Had a very long reign, very powerful reign, very influential. And, uh, 
yeah. Anyway, um, so that was that was that was Darius. However, when we read here in Daniel chapter one about Darius, that is not Darius the Great. Two different, two different people. Of course, it is. This is not yep. Darius the Great. And so he's a bit of a mysterious figure. He is Darius the Mede. Okay. That's what the Bible says. Darius the Great was a Persian. Mm-hmm. Because from Cyrus onwards, uh, it's, it's become the Persian Empire. Right. So who is this guy? Well, it seems that this guy was the brother of Mandana. Mandana was Cyrus's mother, who was a Mede who in a political alliance had been married to uh, the Persian king or prince or mm-hmm. tribal chieftain or whatever you wanted to call him, um, whose name was Cambyses I. Right. Okay. I'm getting the family tree. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, this is this is, uh, this is is Cyrus's uncle. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And as it was with Cyrus, he would often put defeated um, important people from defeated empires into positions of power. Mm-hmm. He's defeated the Median Empire... Um, he's made it a coalition now of the Medes and the Persians together, but it is the Persian Empire. Uh, but, you know, as he did when he defeated the uh, Lydian Empire, he pr- placed the king in a position as one of his closest advisors. Croesus became one of Cyrus's closest advisors. When he defeated the Medes, he gave a similar position to his grandfather, Astyages, who had tried to kill him on a number of occasions. Hmm. Now he defeats the Babylonians and he does the same thing with Darius. This guy is a Mede. He should be the enemy of the Persians. But no, he gives him a position of power. (laughs) And having done that, he then does something with Daniel. And when you read this story of Daniel, it's completely, it's just mind-boggling in the way that it's just unparalleled in history. It's like, what on earth is going on here? (laughs) How does somebody get to be prime minister of two World Empires. Well, we're going to find more about it. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You know, up until this point, this kind of thing was unheard of. You know, if you were the if you were the the ruling power, the ruling you know, a person of any significance at all, you would be seen as a threat when the empire was or the nation or the province or the tribe or whatever was conquered and of course your head would be uh, sitting on a pole somewhere outside the city that was kind of how it was in those Mm. days but with Cyrus this is the Persian deal Mm. you will come under Persian law you will come under Persian rule you will really like our rules and our laws and for those you know uh, people who are are in positions of power who don't fight against us We'll give you positions of power, mm. and so this was this was this was unheard of in the ancient world. And as far as I know, Daniel or Belteshazzar is the only ancient prime minister or grand vizier who actually holds that position in two world empires. He holds it in the Babylonian Empire, and he holds it in the Persian Empire. I do not know of anyone else who has held that position in two. World empires. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, so where did we get up to? What verses did we read? One. We read verse one. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. Verse two, please. 
The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Okay. Here we have Daniel being placed in position. Uh, Verse 3. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Okay, so he, he, he recognises this guy's got some serious skills. He rises to the top. He rises to the top very quickly, and, you know, he's an old man. Yeah, right. At this point, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. old. Yeah. He's actually lived, at this point, two lifetimes. Wrap your yeah. head around that. Wow. He has lived the equivalent. He's in his and 80s. through two empires. He's, yeah. lived, he's in his 80s in an era when people weren't living past their 40s. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Average lifespan was low 40s. Wow. So he's lived the equivalent. You know, his vegetarian double diet. Double the life. Literally double yeah, the yeah, life yeah. Oh, of yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He's lived two lifespans. He's got serious skills. And how many, you know, people out there, out there in their 80s who would want to become, you know, Prime Minister of an empire this big. I feel like people want to retire. Yeah, like, well, some do. I mean, and you get some of the, uh, the the presidential hopefuls in the US that are getting pretty long in the tooth, to be honest. Hmm. You sort of look at them and think, yeah, really? You're going to make it through the next eight years of <laughs> brutal politics? Oof. Um, I don't think so. But here you've got this um, Darius recognises this guy's, you know, he's fit. He's healthy. He's been around for a long time. He's incredibly intelligent. He's incredibly skilled. And we're going to use this guy. We're Mm. going to place him in power. Okay. How do you think that is going to go down with the Medes and the Persians who are Darius's family? (laughs) Not well. (laughs) Not well at all. Because this guy, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this guy gets placed in a higher position. You know, certainly Astyages has stayed around, but he's related. Croesus has been given a position of power, mm-hmm. but not prime minister. Yeah, that's that's a big role. Like that's that's, that's a big up role. There. Like that is, yeah. that is a very very big role. And by the way, Darius is no spring chicken himself. How old's Darius? He's sixty. Okay, so he's he's yeah, up there. Okay. He's, he's no spring chicken at all. So he's doing well. As, you know, so you've got, kind of got these uh, two old guys running the show and <laughs> one old guy is a lot older than the other old guy. Okay, so you've got all of these Medes and Persians who have been overlooked for the role. And so when you know they, they come into power, they conquer the, uh, the, the Babylonian Empire, they conquer the city of Babylon. Here you've got the greatest city in the world mm-hmm. and they're all sort of talking amongst themselves like the disciples did back in the day. Who will be greatest in the kingdom? Yep. And it's like, okay, there's going to be 120 great people in the kingdom. All right? So we get in on the 120. Okay, so out of the 120 um, satraps, who's going to be the, the, the greatest of the 120? And then it's three. And then it's one. And the one is a Jewish slave. <laughs> oh. Triggered. They'd be like, what? Absolutely no. <laughs> triggered. Absolutely triggered right here. You can kind of tell why, particularly in you know that kind of in, uh, political environment where nepotism was expected. It was the expectation. Yeah, well. Um, it was assumed. It wasn't seen as being a bad thing. It was seen as being a good thing. It was seen as, you know, you put your family in positions of power because they are going to be less likely, we hope, to cut your throat. Yeah, that's just how it was done. Yeah. That's right. Mm. The world is a very different place these days, but um, yeah, 
That's how it was back then. And, of course, they all miss out. And now you've got Median and Persian princes and satraps who are taking orders from, <laughs> from a what Jewish in dude. their mind... From a really, really an, old Jewish dude. ...is an ancient old Jewish slave. Wow. That's awkward. I that feel awkward. Sting. That's mm. That would sting. Yep. That would really sting. You'd be, you know, it's one of those, it's probably some equivalent uh, things we could, uh, you know, experiences where you just feel like, oh, ouch, did that really just happen? Mm. Um, Awkward. (coughs) Okay, so Darius has made himself a few enemies in this process, as it turns out, but he is rather powerful. Um, He has the backing of Cyrus, who is the emperor. Mm -hmm. Okay, so naturally, first four. What do they endeavour to do? Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticise or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. My Bible says he was perfect. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many people in the Bible does the Bible say are perfect? Um, in fact, let me read it to you. The princes and the president... The presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. That's a big statement. Having like he was no perfect. error or fault, if only. Wow. <laughs> Life goals right there, Gemma. <laughs> okay. Now think about this. Daniel's under pressure here, isn't he? Just a little bit. Because the level of... These guys' investigation is going to be fueled by the level of their jealousy and the pain that they are experiencing from being slapped in the face by giving a Jew- being given a Jewish slave to take care of them. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah. Particularly amongst men, yeah, because with men it's all about respect. Mm. And these guys are feeling that they have been massively disrespected. And they've got this, you know, they've just got this Jewish guy who's just, it's like, what's going on here? But yeah, there's so he many. He was prime minister of the enemy. Yeah, so you've got that. Plus, he's Jewish. Plus, he's old. You know, like, there are so many. And he was a slave. There are so many things going against him here. Doesn't worship any of their gods. Yep. It's, oh. All of these things are against him. It's nuts. And, and, and really, what they are doing is they're following standard political practice here. Hmm. You know, they're going to, uh, they're going to, um, they're going to go to the president of Ukraine and ask him to do an investigation to do some muckraking on Daniel. Yeah, we don't want him in power. How do we get him out of power? And they're not going to, and they're not going to be impeached for it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> well, that hits close to home. But it's has anything changed in the last two and a half thousand years? Clearly not. Clearly not. The same tactics are still used right now. You know, and and you can go back to uh, you know, Judge Kavanaugh. We don't like Judge Kavanaugh, so what will we do? Let's do some muckraking. <laughs> um, we don't like Barack Obama, so what will we do? Well, he's not an American citizen. Um, you know, look at look at look at Australian politics. Oh, let's not. <laughs> the moment that you get into power, every detail of your life, you know, and you, American politics are more fun. Mm. You know, because you got George Bush the second who did not inhale. Uh, when he smoked weed, <laughs> and you've got and you've got Bill Clinton who did not have sex with that woman. 
<laughs> really, all it is wow. is that people are trying to, when they can't bring you down politically, they bring you down through muckraking. Mm. And so they're going through his life with a fine-tooth comb. They're looking for any slight detail. They're like, okay, has he done anything treasonous? All right, so they're going to go through his whole Babylonian administration. Yikes. And they're going to look for anti-Persian, anti-Median policies mm. that he stood up for. And they're going to find prophecies where he's like, yeah, the Medes and the Persians are going to conquer the Babylonians, <laughs> amongst other things. That's not going to go well on for their case. This is uh, Sanctus Real with Confidence. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse. Because broken people are exactly who you use. So give me Listening to Sanctus Real, and may we all have faith like Daniel in the lion's den. That's what we're reading about in our Bible study right now. Has no one answered the quiz yet? No one has answered the quiz. It's called Mondayitis. Mm. Everyone, you need to wake up. Mm. It is Monday. It's time to go back to work. <laughs> this is your conscience speaking, 
no, this is not your conscience speaking. This is Lyle speaking. This is Lyle saying, if you're not at work already, you should be at work already. It's late in the day unless you've got one of those jobs that starts at 9 o'clock. If you've got a 9 to 5 job, then you've got half an hour to get there. But if you don't, get yourself out of bed. You've got time to answer the quiz. Answer the quiz. The next clue is, Dinah is my daughter. See, that's more obscure than the last quiz, the last clue, I think. But now you know... The, this person's family, you know. Yeah, some of their family and some of, one, one of their daughters. In, one of their daughters. Father, daughter. Yeah. I don't know how many daughters they actually had, but yeah. we've got one of them. Okay, so 1-800-324-843 or 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call or text us on 0491-064-669 if you have the answer. Who was Dinah's father? And um, there will be a copy of the Great Controversy coming your way. All right, where are we up to? We are up to chapter five, chapter 6, verse 4. Let's continue on in to verse 5. Verse 5. Yes. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. That's, that's such just, a lame translation. That's just mean. No, but that's no, just... No, that's a lame translation. Do you want me to flick on to another one? Let Can me read it. You say heretic translation. You were you're the one the, who said the read HS, NLC. You, the you HSV. Was, you, mm. And it's not a powerful Commodore. It's a heretic. <laughs> this is NLT. Okay. okay, hang on. Wait, look. I'm going to give you like six different... Okay, you ready for this? The NIV says, finally... No, let me give you the King <sighs> James Version. This <sighs> is a real Bible. Let me read you from a real Bible. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. It's the same thing. No, it's so much better. It's totally the same thing. So much more powerful. It's not But this one makes more sense. This one makes like the... Well, it's the same thing. But imagine if... Imagine if... I'm rolling my eyes. You can't tell, but I'm rolling my eyes. Okay, fine. Go. Yes. Gemma is... Defeated. Fine. I'm always defeated on this show. It's just I'm used to it now. Come on, then. Okay, okay, okay. But imagine this. Let's 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 get back to serious things for a moment. Imagine if you had a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Let's say let's say you're at high school and you're being bullied at high school. Right. And been there. Yep. Okay. Yep. So let's say that, uh, and all of your enemies are like, you know what? The only thing we've got against Gemma is her service to God. Oof. That's pretty good, right? I mean, that kind of makes me feel good because it's uh, like, oh, nice, I'm doing all right then. Is it possible to get a higher compliment than that? There is nothing we can get against them except their service to God. That's not bad. If someone said that to me today, I'd be, I'd be pretty okay with that. That's just such an incredible, powerful testimony. Mm. Because these guys were watching him like a hawk. Their jealousy was... You know, their their observation was honed by the level of their jealousy. Mm. It was so that refined means like and in, focused. In every aspect of his life, he was good. He was above board. They couldn't get a thing like on Like his work, the way are, he related they, they to others, the things that he did, how everything, he spoke. Everything. Whoa. Everything. And they're like, the only thing we're going to get him on is his God. It's the only thing we will get him on. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is like the... This is like 
you know, life goals. This is this is <laughs> lo- major life goals right here. The only thing we have against Gemma is her service to God, oh, and we have looked for everything else. That would be just, oh, you know, make my day. That's, that, that's the ultimate. <laughs> that's the ultimate compliment right there. So Daniel gets this ultimate compliment from his enemies. And you can see what they're doing here in in many respects. They're probably looking at recent history because they're looking at Nabonidus, Mm. who was the king that had just been defeated. Nabonidus and his son Belshazzar had just been defeated. Nabonidus was incredibly unpopular because Nabonidus worshipped an unpopular god. A god who was an Assyrian god, who was ha- who who according to the Babylonians was a defeated god. They defeated the Assyrians, therefore their gods were, the stronger gods were defeated. Their yeah. gods were stronger than the Assyrian gods, therefore the Assyrian gods were defeated. Yeah. Now the Assyrian gods have a long history of being very very powerful. Yes. And ruling the world. Mm. Daniel worships Yahweh. Daniel comes from a micronation. Daniel's God is like way down on the list of gods. So gods and the power of the you know society or culture that has that god is how they compare. Yeah. So regardless of how you know if the if the nation is really really small, then their god is really really small. Pretty much. That's weird. But okay. And if your nation is easily conquered, then your god is as weak as dishwater. Huh. Well. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's kind of how it goes. Right, so then Yahweh was like lowest of the low, like right on the bottom of the list. Yeah, you don't know we need to worry about Yahweh. They did have to worry about Yahweh a bit because Yahweh, you know, on those occasions when he had done something, right, it had always been spectacular. True. But it's only when, when he does something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here you've got, you know, Daniel, he is um, he's a worshipper of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, Nabonidus was super unpopular with the Babylonians because he didn't worship Marduk. He worshipped Sin, mm-hmm. who was the one of the Assyrian, the Assyrian moon god. Hmm. Uh, here you've got Daniel. He doesn't worship the Babylonian gods either. He only worships Yahweh. And he does so incredibly faithfully. And so we know that we can get him on this because he is just so uncompromising in his worship of Yahweh. You know, and this is this is this is what they recognize about Daniel in a very short space of time is that when it comes to Daniel and his worship of Yahweh, and this is what you find in Daniel chapter one, and nothing has changed in the you know sixty years that separate chapter one and chapter six. Mm. In chapter one, Daniel is not going to compromise. Over a small issue of food, Daniel will not compromise. And if he's not going to compromise over something so small as food, then when it comes to his, they know. his rule and his, his, his role, he's not going to... They know. They know mm. that if they can get something through, pass through legislation that is going to be against his conscience, he is not going to compromise and he's going to condemn himself. Oh, and that's how they trap him. That's exactly how they Ooh. trap him. But before they trap him... They have to trap Darius first. Mm. And so they've got to pull a Swifty. <laughs> and so they have to, oh, you can see the court intrigues happening right here. It's like, yeah, we can get this guy on the worship of his God. We can make him unpopular on the worship of his God. Okay, but let's add to it somewhat. Let's add some icing to the cake 
And rather than just say, you know what, let's get Daniel to worship Persian gods, you know, Darius might see through that. Let's flatter Darius a bit and let's say, let's get Daniel to worship you. Which raises the whole question of the emperor cult. Hmm. Where kings believed that they ruled by divine right. And it wasn't a big step to go from there to, I'm a divine being. Hmm. And Darius was prone to go there, although when you read the story, he doesn't really go there. He kind of does, but he kind of doesn't. Anyway, we're going to listen to the song, Dare to Be a Daniel, Dare to Stand Alone. And certainly this is what Daniel was prepared to do, particularly in this story. Oh. 
At Hamilton Adventist Church in Newcastle, we have a food pantry service for the community. Everyone is welcome to join us for a free dinner. Enjoy good company and have a great time. All you need is $10 to buy a numbered ticket and you can collect a trolley's load of food ranging from fruits, veggies, tin food, pasta bread and toiletries. Every Thursday, the food pantry starts at 4.45pm with a 5pm start for dinner. Find us at Hamilton Adventist Church at 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton every Thursday evening. All will be welcomed with love and a smile. We really hope to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Jess, I've just found a great op shop in Albury. Really? Where is it? It's the Adra op shop at 805 David Street. They have all these cool clothes for the whole family and great stuff for their house as well. And the people there are so friendly. They love a chat. <laughs> Sounds good. It gets better. If you mention you heard this ad on Faith FM, you can fill a bag of clothes for just $5. Well, I'm in. When is it open? They're open every Wednesday and Thursday from 9 to 3. Looks like we'll have to make a date. Remember, it's the Adra op shop at 805 David Street. I'll see you there next week. Then 
Welcome back to Faith FM Breakfast Show. I have the next clue for our Who Am I quiz. It is the last clue, and I have faith that somebody out there can get this right. The final clue is, I am Jacob, Moses, or Haman. So, your odds are getting it right, 33%. 33. 33.333333%. So, you can do this. You can get it right. So... All right, give us a call right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That is 1-800-324-843, if you know the answer. Cool. Okay, so we've come time for question of the day. Yes. And a caller has called through with question of the day. Uh, Gemma, what is it? Do you remember what it is? I forget. You forgot what it was. I got two. Our Bible <laughs> study was so oh, no, good no, today. No. I got okay, like- so the question of the day actually relates to the Bible study we've been having today. And uh, the question was... Where was Daniel in Daniel chapter three? I'll see how you that I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so let's let's just backtrack to Daniel chapter three and get our heads out of chapter six space and back to chapter three space. Daniel chapter three is the story of the three worthies in the burning fiery furnace, uh, where they were called to, on by Nebuchadnezzar to bow down and worship the golden image. Yes. The question is why was there only three in the furnace? One would presume that Daniel would have been there because all of the rulers of all of the provinces of the entire empire were there oh, true. present at that particular time. And so if Daniel was there, why wasn't Daniel being arrested and thrown into the burning fiery furnace along with... Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Exactly. Because we know that he wouldn't have bowed down. Exactly. So he had to then not have been there. Exactly. Okay. That's a really good question because I, I don't know. Yeah. Do okay. You? So here's what we do know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And the reason that we know that is because of Daniel's character. Uh, we find that throughout the book of Daniel, Daniel is uncompromising. Mm-hmm. If Daniel is not going to compromise in chapter one over the issue of food, and if he's not going to compromise in chapter six, where all he has to do is close his window. and keep praying. That's all he has to do. You know he's not going to compromise when he's standing in front of a golden image. Oh, true. Uh, When the Bible says that, you know, they could not find any fault in him, you can guarantee they went back and looked at that issue of the golden image. And double-checked. Was he there? Did he bow down? I don't think so. They would have gone through his life with a fine-tooth comb, every record that there was. Hmm. And they would have found that whatever was taking place back then, he did not compromise. Yes. They would have recognized we can get this guy because he doesn't compromise. Okay, so we know that Daniel wasn't there. Well, where was Daniel? That we do not know. 
Right. Some people just say, well, Daniel was in Chapter 6. Well, <laughs> symbolically speaking, yes, because you've got exactly the same test in Chapter 6. Chapter 6, in many ways, is a repeat of Chapter 3. Same mm. issues. It's true. Same, same, same result. Yeah, because he just doesn't compromise again. Slightly He's different like- method, slightly more uh, 007-ish bad guy, you know, <laughs> uh, James Bond bad guy-ish in Chapter 6 than in Chapter 3, but not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, where could he have been? Uh, it is There are a bunch of different possibilities as to where Daniel could have been and what Daniel could have been doing during this particular time. Of course, all of the rulers are present on the plane of Jura for the launch of this new god. Mm. Somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to be back looking after the actual empire. Yeah. In Nebuchadnezzar's absence, when Nebuchadnezzar had to travel to another part of the empire, who is it? that steps into Nebuchadnezzar's place. It's going to be your prime minister. That's his purpose. That's the reason for his existence. Yeah, right. So here's what we know. Nebuchadnezzar is not at Babylon. He is out on the plain where the image is being worshipped. Mm-hmm. When Nebuchadnezzar is not at Babylon, it is Daniel's you know, primary work description is to be to there be when there. Nebuchadnezzar yeah. is not there. Yeah. And so we would assume that that's where Daniel was and that's what Daniel was doing and thus he wasn't affected by it. Um, that's his, that's his, you know, his core duties right there. Core business is to be there when Nebuchadnezzar is not. In the historical context, of course, we know that there had been a revolt in the Western provinces and there is another possibility that he was in the Western provinces stabilizing the kingdom and that would have placed him a very, very, very long way away from Babylon. Um, anyway, so that's question of the day. Very good question. Glad somebody asked it. Uh, we're going to move on with Jaden Lavik with I Surrender All. You're listening to The Breakfast Show.
Welcome back. That was I Surrender All by Jaden Lavick. And that brings us to the end of our show, which is a little bit sad, but that's okay. Um, We did not have anybody call or text in for our prize, but that's okay. It's still up for grabs. Uh, the gift that we are going to be giving away today, all you have to do is give us a call or send us a text and you are going to get a free copy of Steps to Christ. This is a fantastic little book. I love it so much. So, yeah, give us a call. Send us a text, and it's all yours. Okay, there's a bit of a theme. Oh, my microphone on. There we go. We've got a bit of a theme happening here this morning with uh, two books by the same author. It's because she's a great author. She writes awesome stuff. Absolutely. One of my very, very favorites, if not my favorite, outside of the Bible. Um, and, yeah, very prominent citizen of our region right here in the Lake Macquarie area mm. uh, for many, many years, even though she was from the United States. Um, yeah, so give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. We have uh, Steps to Christ on offer, um, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And, of course, don't forget to um, study your Bible every day. Mm. This is what we like to finish our show by reminding you of. If you would like to do my course, which is called The Prophetic Code Love and it. covers so much of the book of Daniel, particularly the prophetic chapters, mm. um, good detail on chapter 2, 7, and 8 in that series, and 9, sorry, I should say, 2, 7, 8, and 9, uh, you can give us a call and we can connect you with the Discovery Center where you can do that entire course for free. Um, and we will make that happen for you. So give us a call right now if you would like to grab the Steps to Christ or to do uh, the Prophetic Code series. And don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus. Like you've never been before The life you knew 
in a thousand pieces on the floor And words fall short in times like these When this world drives you to your knees You think you're never gonna get back To the you they used to be Tell your heart to beat again Close your eyes and breathe it in Let the shadows fall away Step into the light of grace Yesterday is a closing door You don't live there anymore Say goodbye to where you've been And tell your heart to beat again over you it's all right now love's healing hands have pulled you through so get back up take step one leave the darkness feel the sun cause your story's far from over and your journey's just begun tell your heart to beat again close your eyes I knew 
everything happen at the right time? Does everything die when it's meant to die? Everything die when it's meant to die